Salutations, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. My name is Kate, and this is my mom, Sheila. And we are just so excited that you're with us today. And I wanted to share a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I am part of everything that I have read. What have you been reading? We'll share with you what we've been reading and what's at the top of our book stack. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an amazing book, five stars. I thoroughly enjoyed this. This is such a good read. And it's called Maisie Dobbs by Jacqueline Winspear. And it was published in 2003. And a little info on uh, Jacqueline Winspear is that she was actually born in Kent over in England, and she uh, came to the uh, U.S. in the 90s, I think. But she, her family, and actually in the front of the book, uh, she dedicates this to her, the memory of her grandfather and grandmother. And her grandfather um, actually sustained serious leg wounds during a battle in 1916. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a coster monger. Which oh, wow. M- Macy's dad in the book is a costermonger, which I didn't know what that was, but that's a person who sells uh, goods, fruit, and stuff out of a cart in the streets. That's a costermonger. Mm-hmm. So her actual grandfather did that. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, and her grandmother was a munitions worker um, during the First World War. War, war. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, it? it is. And she was partially blinded in an explosion that actually killed several girls that were working that. And so, oh. and in the book, there's, it, she has a friend that it works in the munitions yeah. uh, factory. So she really so. pulled from that, didn't she? I just found that, I thought that was fascinating. But, mm-hmm. so give us, give us a rundown. Give us a little synopsis of who is Maisie Dobbs and what, kind of what is this about? I, I will say the genre, I, I would call it historical fiction mystery, maybe? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I, and I wanted to clarify last, I did mention Maisie Dobbs on a previous podcast and I said World War II, but that was me just thinking that, but it, it's World War One. Yes. That we're talking about. And the, the text starts out in uh, the spring of 1929 and it ends up in the summer of 1929 but in the middle of it, you take a flashback to 1910, to from 1910 to 1970, So her mother has passed away, and she lives with her father, and um, and he and they really, uh, you know, to me, she's just a he he, and he's dealing with his grief, and she's dealing with her. But they're very positive the way they deal with that. Like I love this part where they're um, combing down the horse and it says when your hands are busy it's so much easier to talk when you're doing something productive and stuff that's kind of her upbringing and he sees a chance for her to better herself and so he she becomes a maid well they have he can't afford really they're they're in a bit of financial trouble and he doesn't make a lot doing what he does and so when she's a work, she works at this house, uh, the Comptons, 
the lady Rowan just kind of notices that she's um, she's bright and uh, she, but I just loved her attitude. Didn't you? Oh, I did. And she's only like 13 at this time. Mm-hmm. Right. She yeah. Shortcuts. She doesn't take shortcuts. She gives it her all, but she stumbles upon the library and she is like in love. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she shirks her duties, but she gets up like in the middle of the night or stays up late. You know, she goes in there. But when Lady Rowan finds out, she pairs her with uh, Maurice uh, Blanche, is how I said that. And wow, he's he, he takes an interest in Maisie. And then his, his quotes, I have a quote, um, one of his, I had several, but you know, this book says, what is your favorite quote? Well, I had a lot, but I liked it when he said, pay attention to coincidence. It's the messenger sent by truth. Mm, yes I like that yes the the book is full of his I, I, I highlighted so many of them I love his quotes one of my favorite quotes from um, Dr. Maurice Blanche was pay attention to coincidence it's the messenger sent by truth I love that that's so cool and you know we're kind of taught this like oh it's a coincidence like fluff it off mm-hmm. but he's teaching her no like pay attention to those things. And he says like later on too, pay attention to every feeling. Like, you know, if you have a, if something hurts or doesn't like, she's very empathetic towards others too. And that helps oh, her, yes. you know, and then she, he also tells her to stay with a question. The more it troubles you, the more it has to teach you. Mm, yes. I love that too. And then, like you said, he also was the one that said silence is respectful. So and uh, I think I wrote that down uh, because it says, oh, and on page 47. So it's pretty close to the front. Never follow a question, a story with a question, not immediately, for in some way, the messenger is affected by what he brings. I love that, too. I love that, too. And so I thought of. I thought a policeman interrogating you, maybe they should just let you wait, you know, instead of, you know, bam, 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 peppering you with questions, maybe, you know, take more time. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, and he's, Maurice is kind of an enigma uh, somewhat because, so I think he's from an affluent family because he's friends with Lady Rowan, who is actually Macy's patron. Like what you mentioned, she's the one that is, pays for her, uh, to get this education for Maurice and, and, and supports her through that. But he's a doctor, but, and he's really, but he's also, he has so many different um, qualities. He's like a physical doctor, but he, he's also like a psychiatrist too. Like he's yeah, able to understand a lot. And, and that's Maisie uh, Dobbs is a psychologist slash investigator. Yes. And that's what he trains her in. And she's been, uh, you know, trained by that. And I really have to say uh, kudos to her dad for being brave enough to let her go. And so she's going to go to a fancy college that he's afraid that then when she does that, she won't fit in either world. Mm-hmm. And But he did. He let her do it because he's afraid, like, she can't come back and, and talk to me. But then she she doesn't belong with the wealthy either so but he let her do it and she is so brave I put some adjectives out that describe her I said she was wise she's bold 
she's daring, she's caring, she's brave. I mean, she's fearless. She's a, she's observant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she Intuitive. she's em- empathetic to yeah. a fault. Yeah, and you know what? Her dad might have been right had it not been for the war. I feel like because in some That's ways true. it kind of reminded me of Downton Abbey a little bit. The some of the beginning or when it goes to the flashback. Because it's really affluent. Lady Rowan is really affluent. And they have like the downstairs servants who take care of everything that Macy's a part of all that. And so, and there's this big separation of class and how you, you know, talk to the upper class. And there's a huge separation there. And so, uh, but the war really broke down some walls in that area. So, I mean, her dad might've been right had it not been for the war. Cause that, that I think that changed a lot. But, and, and kudos to her for being, when she is with someone, she is present because yes. she really liked her roommate, who's Enid, right? Mm-hmm. Is that her name? And because this is what Enid t- told her, because Enid knows that Maisie's special. And she, you know, she usually lets her g- keep the light on at night and read her books. But then Maisie knew knew what was going on in Enid's life, too. But w- at one point, Enid said, never... Oh, Maisie changed the subject. So where were you tonight, Enid? She asked. Never you mind. You can keep that there clever mind of yours on your own business now. And don't you be thinking about mine. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was funny. I thought it was cool how Maisie appreciated it, even though her and Enid were so different. Um, And then later on. um, Priscilla. Yeah, she has another roommate named Priscilla. And they're different. But she she appreciates their um vivaciousness i guess or mm-hmm. their uh, zest for life she appreciates that because she feels like that's one thing that she's kind of missing is that exuberance she's yeah. very stoic and very reserved yes um very she's analytical time. let's have tea time let's talk about it and i loved it when she said uh and then we meet billy beal who i really like him a wounded uh he was wounded in the war and as as it happened she was actually the nurse so Mm. he will do anything for Maisie and he's like the um, super in the building so he makes her a little place to have tea time and whatever she needs he will uh, deliver but he said your phone was ringing and I couldn't get to it and she said not to worry Billy if it's important they'll call back (laughs) (laughs) yeah so totally different time now you know and that I it was back then. She, um, uh, in the book, Billy tells that there were when he went to war. There's boys, uh, and they're they're trying to be men. And I thought, what a contrast to our society where we got men trying to be uh, drag queens. <laughs> what, yeah. is, what what are we doing here? What are we doing wrong? But at one point, she said, uh, Maurice said, "Allow grief room to air itself." Mm. And I think that sometimes, I mean, I think grief can go on too long when it's not productive. And the cook tells her about that, too. You know, she said, you know, if you're wealthy, you can grieve as much time as you want. But the poor have to go on and earn a living. Mm -hmm. And she makes that distinction. But um, Maisie, when she comes back from school, she goes to see the cook first, who I thought was sweet. I was wanting the cook and her father to get together. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are a matchmaker, matchmaker, yeah. matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't well, happen, maybe, but you know, maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a book too. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, you know, she went straight to the cook and the cook appreciated that, you know, and she's making apple pie because that's Maisie's favorite. And uh, and then it's like Lady Rowan understands that she's going to the cook first. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite parts was when um, so as it happened, Lady Rowan wanted um, she needed a groomsman because all of hers went to the war. And so, uh, as it turns out, Maisie's dad got that job and Lady Rowan's all upset because the soldiers are coming to take her horses away. And um, he said, well, I've got this. You just go to the house and bring them down tomorrow. And when they came down in the next day, the horses are foaming at the mouth. And and he said, yes, this is a sickness. They have a sickness. And then, man, the soldiers are appalled. They said, well, we don't need sick horses. We need well ones. And they left. And then it doesn't tell you anything except he says to Lady Rowan, could you check with the cook to see if she can use eggs? I have a plenty. I don't want egg, them to go to waste. Egg and I'm yolks like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, he so just he... said eggs, but you just, now when all, that's all I needed. And that now I know I used, he whipped up some egg whites and that was the foam i thought that was genius i thought so too i thought um i didn't know exactly what but he did give him some powder though it said he ga- he gave him some powder or something oh, i think so, they were lethargic too but then they were um you know because he said they had a virus or something you know so they were laying down so he gave him something else too i don't know but yeah he uh, pulls it off he does so, uh, and I really like her dad and you're right. He's, he's very brave too, to allow her to, but, but he loves her so much and his wife and that's what they wanted for her. They wanted Maisie to get education and go mm-hmm. on and she does not disappoint. I mean, she, she's getting up like super early. And even when she's with Maurice learning, she's like, she's reading constantly learning like Latin and all those, you know, she's reading everything. And working. And working. Yeah. Yeah. So it was super impressive. And then she, like, and then, and kind of along those lines, the war starts and she decides to become a nurse um, to help with the war effort and all of that. And because men are coming back wounded and stuff. And then she ends up getting sent to France and is in the muck of it. So we won't, we won't give away any spoilers, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the gist of it. Um, that's her backstory, and then when she comes back, um, t- it's like ten years later. It's kind of when the book is actually taking place. Uh, yeah, it starts out. You know, I like it, but that it starts out. She's starting her business as an investigator, and Lady Rowan sends her this customer, Mister Davenham. And I like how she he he thinks his wife's having an affair, and she's he wants her to follow his wife. But I liked one quote she said uh, when. She said, allow the past to have a voice, then it will be stilled. It's only then that your marriage will have a future, Mr. Dabenham, because Mm. he kind of had his mind made up. Yes, it wasn't true. And she wasn't all about proving anything. She was about healing. She wanted to heal their relationship. Yes. And I love that because I've never read that it coming from that angle before. That's a great point. That's a really great point. Because in the, he said, he, in the, I never heard this word before. He thought a man was cuckolding or cuck, 
cuckolding uh, him. And that word meant making his wife unfaithful. And that cuckolding came from a cuckoo bird, which lays its eggs in other birds' nests. Oh. Strange, huh? Yeah. And in that, I think when you have... Um, when you meet Billy Bill, you just love him. And he talks really uh, British. Uh, I thought Cogney. you would like that. Yeah. Cockney, yes. And, yeah. He's and not, one, he's not we, from an affluent family. Yeah. No, not prim and proper. But he, he says at one point, all these people coming back, they just want to be useful. Mm-hmm. And they're coming back. And a lot of them might have arms and legs. But then you find out there's part of the population coming back from World War One that have had facial disfiguration. And there's this um, retreat and um, people go there because they don't fit in in society. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where the climax is because she she checks that out and um, she needs Billy's help. She was suspicious of this. Um, so but we won't give away any details. But yeah, there she feels like something's weird is going on there. But and and then I I like that the author also pointed out about like so Billy I mean he he did have a leg injury but he's pretty much assimilated back into society and working he's a husband and you know he has a kid and but even Billy he says he doesn't sleep very good like he wakes up in the middle of the night and he'll go walking so he won't wake up his wife and he said on the streets there's a lot of other men and they all know that they're old soldiers and that they're having nightmares about battle like. Um. And that was just so heartbreaking, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, just to imagine all these men just kind of walking around the streets of London at night, you know, because it comes back on them. And mm-hmm. uh, so like and I think she has she is shell shocked, too, because Maurice uh, takes her to that guy. His name, I think, is Con, where she learns to just sit in deliberate silence. And I think he knows that it's changed her the war. And of course, she did fall in love. There's uh, Simon, mm-hmm. Dr. Simon. Some, I forgot he's Lynch. Lynch, yeah. Yeah, thanks to Priscilla, I guess. But uh, I, I like this one quote. It said so much. She had spent much of her life out of bounds, living and speaking where, according to some, she had no business. And I said, wow, that is her. She's like, she doesn't see boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. she, she doesn't see them. She just sees, how can I help this situation? Which is perfect for an investigator. Mm-hmm. And But one of the reasons she's so endearing is that I think when we think of an investigator, you kind of just think of this nosy person just like snooping for quite, you know, just trying to get um, almost like paparazzi. You know, that's kind of what we envision on an investigator a lot of times. But she is not like that. Like she she wants to leave the person better than she found. And really, the person she's investigating usually like she's helping them she's Mm -hmm. helping them she figures out ways to help them deal with things and um you know and if she's asking them really hard questions about the past something painful she always leaves them with something um happy or something something future to to move them forward out of the pain and i thought wow i just loved her technique which she learned from maurice but yeah. I, I love that. And one of the quotes that I loved from Maurice, um, which I would say was my favorite co- quote, was truth walks toward us on the paths of our questions. Mm. So ask those questions. You know, it's good. You got to ask questions. Uh, uh, closed mouth don't get fed. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that one again? I'm going to write that down. 
truth walks toward us on the paths of our questions. Mm. And I do think we don't ask enough questions because we think we know all the answers. Mm -hmm. But definitely she did not. She's very humble, very humble. So I do have a question for you too, though. So I found it was interesting that we read this right after we read the great alone and which the great alones, uh, you know, the, the dad has problems from Vietnam coming out of mm -hmm. Vietnam, but it's still interesting because that was a war and it was dealing with mental issues, um, post-war tra trauma, stuff like that. And then we're reading this one and it's dealing with some of the similar stuff. But so why was like, I felt like the great alone is a much heavier read. But Much. I feel like this one actually dives in more to even more stuff. So what's the difference? Why is that? Well, I think uh, for one, there's a kid involved. Mm. Every okay. time there's a kid involved, it heightens stuff, you know. And there is a feeling of helplessness in The Great Alone. You know, you never feel that with Maisie because she's uh, she's had a rough time too, but she's she's just so positive and okay. brave and I don't know uh I, you didn't get that because like in the great alone the mom is beat she's beat mm -hmm. and the girl's scared yeah and I, I mean I I think that might be the difference and uh, yeah I told you that it's weird how you can read two basically totally different books but yet have connections I, isn't that yeah, weird it is weird and but and I love it too that so each of these, like I said, deal with war at post-war trauma and on a on an intense level, but it's it hits you differently because the writers write differently. So yeah. not good or bad, but different. I I enjoyed both of them, you know. But uh, it's just interesting how they have different a different style. So oh, and you I, are right. This this was not a heavy read. Mm -mm. I mean, heavy stuff happens, but it was not a heavy read like there's a terror there's a climax and everything and then it all hinges on Maisie and but but she comes through and you, you just feel triumphant <laughs> you know you're like yeah. yes yes and then but and it but it even has somewhat of a melancholy ending but it doesn't yes. leave you feeling like it's you just you still feel like okay you know there's because well it does well there's a little bit of a melancholy and then it leads to it she has another case and it keeps going. So there's a lot of books in this series. Um, I didn't look up how many of them there, there are, but there's quite a few. So, I mean, what, what was something you learned from Maisie, from Maisie Dobbs? Okay. It, well, over here, I said um, Maisie could teach us all about kindness, problem solving, stepping out of our comfort zone, persistence, and listening and learning. She gets the best student award. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She does. Hands down. I mean, she's, she's a student that you would have loved to have. She just is a sponge. She soaks up everything. And she's gutsy. But she's calm. She uh, she's reserved, and yet she doesn't get shaken easily at all. So I mean, to me, she just was wow. She blew me away. 
And I, and I have to thank you for this book. This was in my gift basket, which you're famous for uh, <laughs> putting together a gift basket with dark chocolate and Maisie Dobbs. And uh, I was like, wow. Well, and I have to pass that on to my friend, Brittany, uh, an old college friend. And she, she gives me good book recommendations from time to time. And she said she this was one she got into. And then I think she's further in the series. I think she kept going. But she said it was a really good one. So um, well, I, I, I haven't got a, I haven't had a bad book recommendation from Brittany. So I appreciate I think that. She, what other one did she read? Uh, Nightingale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She started us on that journey. And this has won the Agatha Award winner for best novel. So I'm assuming that's Agatha Christie, right? I think so. So I would say she's kind of the modern Agatha Christie. And I would think this kind of book would be for anybody that likes a little bit of mystery and you like that English brogue because Billy is in it. Billy becomes her partner. So, um, at, yeah, because she stops. Well, then, Billy, let's get on with it. It's <laughs> like, that's how she is. She's like, so your dad's reading Civil War book. And he said that was um, the one thing that, you know, Lincoln needed a general and he couldn't find one. But Grant, he had may have had problems, but he said one thing Grant did was he never got rattled. So he mm. said, you know, he just never got rattled. Whereas, and and he he now is learning uh, idiosyncrasies about all these generals. And one thing about Stonewall Jackson is they never knew where he was going to be. They just and, and that bothered the North, you know. But it just didn't rattle. Um, it didn't rattle. Grant, but it rattled this one guy, I have to say, who this is so unlike Maisie. I think it's because uh, Maisie, because of Dr. Blanche or Maurice, she's she's um, she carries this um, note cards with her and her little leather pouch or it's well worn. But she she puts she she writes neat notes in it and everything. But I compare her to this guy. His name was General Pope. He was so focused and narrow on getting Stonewall Jackson that it's this was a quote from Bob's book. If Pope did not know the um, extent of his defeat, his men did because they agreed with the historians. They would agree with the historians said about him. And this is what they said about him. He, General Pope was kicked, cuffed, hustled about, knocked down, run over, trodden upon. His communication was out. His headquarters pill, pillaged, and it, he was beaten or foiled in every attempt to bag those intruders. So I'm just thinking that never would happen to Maisie because she looked at the whole picture, not just, she did not get focused on one thing. And she looked mm -hmm. for those patterns. And yes. in our life, we can do that same thing. Like the coincidence, there's... What did Gibbs used to say on NCIS? There are no coincidences. Mm -hmm. That's what Maisie would say. Because the coincidences are actually messengers sent by truth. So when you have these coincidences, and that's how she did. Like, you're right. That one lady, she was supposed to be following her. She had tea with her. Mm. Yes. And they've become friends. And that lady unloaded on her. And I just, and, and that, by doing that, that actually helps her to uh, solve more cases, you know, that, that information, you know, cause she learns that this one place, they take away your last name and you're just a name, your first name only. Mm -hmm. And, and that is a red flag to, for her. 
And, and really the coincidence that started it all was at the graveyard when there was these graves of just one name soldiers. So that's like, well, that's a coincidence, you know, at this kind of country graveside, why would that be? And so that led her to dig a little deeper. So, you know, we learn from her to be curious. Yes. So what did you learn from Maisie? What's your lessons? Well, I mean, I learned a lot about uh, World War One. I. I haven't really learned. I didn't really know a lot about World War One. So I love that there's a, a, some information on, on that. I like the before, too. That time period where there is this big separation of classes and the upper class and all that. Um, I find that interesting. And uh, so I, I like seeing Maisie move up the ranks, so to speak, you know. Um, and then the Maurice, I like how impactful Maurice is because, uh, even, even before Maisie was in the picture, he impacted Lady Rowan because they were friends, but to, to grow herself because mm-hmm. she's, she's in this upper, you know, whatever you call it, the upper class. And he pushes her to, he takes her to the very lowest class of London and she's never been there. She's never seen that. And so he helps her think outside of her bubble and like, what can you do to help? Like type of thing, you know, and if you be an agent for change. Yes. And through that is what like she was mulling with when she wanted to do something. And then Maisie appears, you know, and then, so then she's able to really be become Maisie's patron. Um, And, but I'm just like, think how many people Maisie has helped. Uh, mm. But that wouldn't have happened had Maurice not got cultivated, Lady Rowan. Yes, cultivated Lady Rowan. Yes. So I'm and like, I think you you forget about that. You know, you forget about that. That would be like it seems kind of small, but really, when you look at how many she touched, yes. Maisie touched a lot, and she's. I mean, nine more books. So hey, <laughs> what what? And it all started with the benevolence. Well, actually, it started with Maurice challenging lady rowan and then so that's yeah. my takeaway that i think we need people in our lives to challenge us I, we need mm-hmm. those maurices in our life there or friends who will say like what are you doing like what you know yeah. what what cause something wh- whatever it is that we're in our bubble in because we all have bubbles and we all get in our you know we, we need someone to come pop our bubble every once in a while and be like okay you need to look outside of this bubble you and know? maybe put that bar just a little bit higher so you have mm-hmm. to jump to it. I love the movie Finding You because in there, the girl, her name's uh, Finley. She is uh, in Ireland for, she's a student, um, an exchange student. And the Irish people, they say you have to, you're given an older woman, at, you're an older person at a retirement home or an old folks home. And you have to mentor to them for 20 hours. You have to spend time with them. Well, she gets a, when she goes in this one, one Catherine Sweeney, she goes in her room and she says, get out. I said, get out. And I thought, and she wanted to give up and she went back and she told the lady, give me another old person. This one is crazy. <laughs> She's a witch. And that, that lady said, if I change it for you, I'll have to change it for everybody. Go make brooms with the witch. <laughs> yeah. And she really wasn't a witch. And they, after time, she, she brought Jane Austen. She said she's going to read Pride and Prejudice and all that. She says, I don't like Jane Austen. But, you know, she won her over. But And, you know, that's a good connection because Macy can do that. She can kind of see 
through through people on what like she could have probably diagnosed that lady Catherine uh that a lot you quicker. know the pain that she had and from years of you know kind being of shunned yeah being, being shunned, shunned. Yeah. yeah so but anyway I highly recommend this book it, it was a quick read um it'd be a great one to travel with or anything like that oh but... yeah don't and this would be one you wouldn't want to lose <laughs> no <laughs> you wouldn't want to lose this one yeah well and that's a wrap on Maisie Dobbs by Jacqueline Winspear and keep those pages turning and those book lights burning and we can't wait to go to the next book on our book stack and we appreciate you for joining in see you on the next one